0: Assalamu salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. JazakAllah khairan for everyone who's coming to the talks. And uh, this is the fifth one. So um, I hope that I've conveyed a similar theme across all of these talks uh, to you all. Um, that as Muslims, we're living in a world that uh, is not dictated by the ethics and the values of Islam. And oftentimes Muslims are... Uh, Objects instead of subjects. We are just uh, pawns in the games of others. Uh, But this is the type of mindset that we should uh, depart from and push against. We need to be the ones at the forefront to lead and to set an example for humankind. We have to be the ones who have the confidence and the backbone to stand against. Uh, the forces that are trying to really destroy all of humanity whether it is because of the influence of shaitan and a satanic type of influence or because of ignorance and hubris and arrogance or a combination of both and we really have this responsibility because Allah has blessed us with his religion and with guidance So we do not have an excuse to say that, well, we're going to take a back seat and we don't care what the kuffar do. We don't care what non-Muslims actually do. We're just trying to live our own lives. And if someone accepts Islam, alhamdulillah, that's great. We're going to be so happy. Uh, But we don't really have a concern for the rest of humankind. That kind of mentality makes us the subjects or the objects of outside forces. Uh, it makes us it takes us out of a position of leadership and being moral exemplars. Uh, so if I w- want to convey one message to you uh, after all of these different talks that I've given over the past five or six nights is that um, take that role, have a backbone, be principled, look for leadership, moral leadership, but expect, Confrontation, expect pushback, accept that people are not going to like it. And from the very beginning of Islamic history, Islam has been opposed and targeted in the most bitter uh, and hateful and aggressive way, beginning with uh, the Quraysh, beginning with the Mushrikeen. And at every stage, every century after that, uh, the same pattern of opposing the Haqq, Uh, Forces of Ba'til opposing the Haq, our time is no different. If you think that being a Muslim, being a believer and uh, fulfilling your role on the earth um, as a representative of the deen and you think that everyone's going to love you and you're just going to sit back and relax, uh, well, time to wake up. Time to wake up and smell the coffee and uh, drop these delusions. Drop these delusions. Stop being scared of people not liking you. So that segues into the real theme of tonight's discussion, which is the future. And where is this future? What is society leading to? And it has to do with one central concept, one central impulse that human beings have which is the desire for comfort the desire to be comfortable experience pleasure experience materially in terms of dunya in terms of physical pleasure or live that's the prime motivation of people in this day and age but it's a very destructive type of impulse it's very destructive. And what's shocking is that uh, children from a young age are conditioned to be as comfortable as possible. And that's often the fault of parents. A lot of Muslim parents that we see are trying to comfort their children, make sure that their children experience no difficulty, no hardship. Uh, whatever they desire, the mom and, or dad is going to work hard to make sure, okay, you want this? Baby, no problem. You want me to buy you this. You want me to get you this new gadget, this new device. You want, you know, this air conditioning to be running 24-7. You want, you know, to go to the playground. Okay, I'll drive you there even though it's just a block away just so that you don't have to walk. Just this constant catering to this type of comfort and ease. But this is very destructive. This is very destructive if this becomes the overall mentality and personality that our youth have or that we have. What we see in society around us is exactly this type of coddling. And what it leads to is this capitalist system that we find around us. What are all of these corporations that are selling to humanity. What are they selling ultimately? They're selling comfort, they're selling pleasure, they're selling this idea of a life of constant pleasure and enjoyment. And if you're going to go work and make money, what is the purpose of making that money is so that you can buy these comforts, you can go on the holiday, you can provide your children with the best toys, the best video games, the best devices, this is what is running the world. This impulse, and the powers, the capitalistic powers or the governments, are constantly feeding into this mindset. This this pursuit of pleasure, pursuit of happiness, but not happiness in the higher sense of happiness. Happiness in the sense of just enjoying yourself physically. You're you want to eat a particular food, it's very easy, just open the app and order it. You want to you know, watch a particular film, listen to particular music, there's an app, you can easily, any movie that has ever been made, any TV show that has been ever been made, just within a few seconds you can watch it, sit on the couch, eat whatever food that you want, just enjoy life, just constant. Pleasure, what does this do? This causes ghurur. Ghurur, which can be translated as as a type of delusion. You are being lulled into a state of complacency where you cannot recognize what's happening around you. You cannot recognize the reality. Reality of, for example, being a slave to Allah. The reality of the dunya, which is just for amusement and play, and then we go into our graves and we're asked about our deeds and our beliefs. That's ghurur. And all of this, these pleasures and comforts are catering to or increasing that ghurur, that delusion. But what about the impact of this for society as a whole? If, if society is driven by a need for comfort, what is really pushing that forward? And this is something that is very controversial, and sometimes Muslims don't like it when I tell them this. But what's driving that is actually technology. Technology is seen as something that is just universally good. Of course we need more technology. We encourage our children to go into engineering. We encourage our children to go into the sciences. We want to contribute to the progress and development of society. Technology is clearly something so beneficial to humanity, right? But this is part of modernity. And if you remember my talk uh, earlier, I described how there is liberalism is this overarching ideology. But liberalism, very destructive ideology that is about maximizing individual liberty and equality, individual pleasure... That's one part of the equation. The other part of the equation is science and technology. That's what drives this modern progress. Isn't modern progress good? Isn't that something beneficial? Isn't that something that we all need? Don't we want modern progress and technology, technological development for Muslim societies, all the benefits that come from that? Who can oppose that? Who can be against technology? Isn't that the essence of being a backwards person? There is uh, interesting examples where the Muslim world was introduced to certain technological innovations, like the printing press, um, or the radio, or you know, automobile. These technologies were introduced through colonialism or through imperialism. And a lot of the Muslim scholars, the ulama of history are on record as being opposed to these technologies. The printing press, being opposed to the printing press saying that it's haram to use this, being opposed to the radio, it's haram, this is something that uh, should be rejected. And then nowadays Muslims will look back at those scholars and they'll say, see how ignorant they were. These scholars were ignorant, they were afraid of progress. This is an irrational type of fear. How can, you re- how can you say that the television is haram? How can you say that the you know the printing press is something haram, something so beneficial for learning and knowledge and transmitting information? How can this how could how could they have been so short-sighted? But the reality is we're the ones who are short-sighted. We're the ones who are short-sighted and not seeing the dangers of these technologies. How these technologies, yes, they make life easier in certain respects, but they bring many, many kinds of harms. They bring many kinds of destructive tendencies. They feed into many kinds of problems in society. And it might not happen in one generation, but maybe it happens in two or three or four. So maybe these ulama that were criticized as being blind or backwards, but they had it right maybe. How do these technologies fundamentally change society, change the structure of society? Think about the printing press. Well, how could we be against the printing press? Anyone have an idea? Why would the printing press be something bad? Someone wanna give a reason why, possibility? Yes. What was that? Liberalization? L- liberalization? Memorization. Oh, memorization. Okay, great. Because if you have to, if you don't have a printing press, basically the printing press makes it easier to reproduce books. If you have the printing press operating, in the past, if you want to go, for example, read a uh, or learn a particular metan, or a particular book of fiqh, or a book of tafsir, or a book of hadith, it required you to actually go to the scholar who is qualified and is knowledgeable about that book, and you have to go and sit with him, and study with him, and then hand write. And then he checks your understanding, he checks your memorization of what you've written, you develop this relationship of teacher with student, that knowledge is going to stay with you and your understanding of, what you, of that knowledge is gonna be much more deep, it's gonna be deeper, it's gonna be uh, more complete, more accurate, because you have, that's the method of transmission from scholar to student. But when the printing press comes and you can just mass produce the text, then just go to the bookstore. You get the book and then you read it on your own and then what you understood, you understood. What you didn't understand, you don't know what you didn't understand or maybe you misunderstood. It makes, and now look at our condition today. Now you have entire libraries that can fit on a flash drive or you can access through the internet. And we see that despite the such proliferation of knowledge and books, and any book that you can imagine, you can now access it and read it on your device. The levels of knowledge are at the lowest levels of history, of our of our ummah's history. Don't you think this is correlated? And now you even have artificial intelligence. So you don't even have to do a kind of uh, search query within an engine, search engine, You can just ask a question and limit certain conditions and the AI like chat GTP and these other technologies that have been developed will give you the fatwa directly. So don't you think that the level of understanding is actually going to get lower and lower and lower? And studies have shown actually that when you uh, give children or not even children, when you give people access to search engines and the ability to pull up information as needed, their ability to retain information also decreases. So people are getting stupider. The technology actually is making us, it has a, a tangible cognitive effect. So then with AI, it's like the int- the human intelligence that we have is being destroyed by this artificial intelligence. The thinking is being done by the computer, by the technology, we don't have to think. And just like any muscle, if you don't exercise the muscle, you're going to lose the ability to use it. So this is very disturbing that the technology is going to actually have this reverse cognitive cognitive effect on human beings. And Allahu Alam, what's gonna happen with AI now? The ca- capabilities of AI are shocking. And it's only been, you know, less than a year. And at first I thought there's no way that there could be intelligence that is programmed through a computer. And I was just shocked by, as I tried testing in chat GBT, I don't know if you've tried it, but it's just very shocking what it can, what it can do. And we're only at the beginning stages. This is very scary, but it makes things convenient. It makes things very easy. You don't even, thinking and having that kind of intellectual uh, or, or um, you know that cognitive process, like for example, writing an essay. You want to write an essay. Or you are a, a mufti, you want to write the fatwa. It requires thought, it requires deliberation, it requires research. That kind of mental process now is not necessary so this will have a, a huge impact and we wonder like well we read about uh, the great imams like Imam Ahmed memorizing a hundred thousand hadith or we read about Imam al-Shafi that he if he is reading a book he has to make sure to cover one side of the page because if he, he sees that side of the page he's going to memorize it and it's going to mess up his reading of the text. That's the, that's the level of genius and the mental ability of the great Imams. But we don't really think that, well maybe part of the reason that we don't have Imam al Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmed, these great scholars, these great geniuses, well maybe it's because of the technology. Maybe it's because we're just so eager to adopt any new technology that comes. So this adoption of technology can influence uh, our minds, our cognitive abilities. It it actually can destroy uh, social relations, family relations. Look at the issue with the telephone, with the smartphone, how many... People don't feel the need to actually go and socialize with others. The social media has been this type of illusion of soci- sociality, social relations. You just have a relationship really with your phone. But you feel that, or psychologically or subconsciously, you feel that this is actually a relationship. It's meeting your needs with a fake Substitute. So this is destroying. So many families have been destroyed by. Social media. Marriages have been destroyed by social media. So many examples that we can give. Of how introduction of technology. Can fundamentally reshape society. And reshape generations. So this is our future. This is the future for. The world and it's driven by a desire for more and more comfort more and more convenience so are any of you aware of the World Economic Forum who is is aware okay so less than 25% of you World Economic Forum brings experts from around the world to discuss you know the future technology that can be developed and used And they're talking about mind control technology. Now you can actually implant a chip into the human brain and that chip can read your brain waves and it can actually read your thoughts. Right now, the technology hasn't been perfected, but they're trying to use AI so that the chip can actually read your thoughts and recreate even what your eyes see. So, there, in the recent World Economic Forum Technology Conference, they uh, were talking about this technology being used by employers. That every employer just plugs in, like it can be like a headset that the employee uses uh, on the brain, on the head, on the skull. And then it's reading the brain waves. So, then if you are um, not thinking about work, then that can be reported to your manager or your boss. He can see, okay, how many hours of the day were you really productive? Were you actually thinking about the job as as opposed to thinking about social media or thinking about some other issue? And then what if you are thinking unethical things? You're thinking unethical things. They can determine, okay, this person... At the workplace, you know, forget about the Me Too movement. This person is having these indecent thoughts. This is a liability. We have to, you know, isolate this person or put him in another department because he can't be around women, for example. So the the possibilities are really endless with this type of technology. But it's creating control. It's creating a dependence That human beings are being more and more integrated with technology. And what's really shocking is the the ability for, you know, forget about reading your mind through an actual implant or something that you wear. They can just read your thoughts through your uh, activity on your phone. And this was leaked actually about uh, the CCP in China and how they were monitoring Uyghurs. Uyghur Muslims. And it was all through the phone. Basically, they're looking at the activity of Uyghurs on their phones, but this is all Chinese citizens. And, okay, well, how many times is this person going and checking the prayer times? Uh, Let's look at the GPS data and how often is this person going to the mosque? Let's look at the, you know, what he's buying his financial records through his phone or whatever account what is, is he buying alcohol no he doesn't buy any alcohol is he does he buy pork no he doesn't buy any pork he's only buying halal food okay let's see you know we can use the um, the camera on the app to see what is he wearing and the AI can analyze all of these data points millions of data points every day every week. And then the AI, it doesn't even have to be a person sitting there monitoring. It's just the AI flags that person. Okay, this person has a 90% chance of being an extremist. This person has a 50% chance, low threat. And then based on the flagging, they determine this person needs to go to the re-education camp. This person needs to go to the re-education camp. Not this person. Monitoring your financial records, monitoring your movement, monitoring your Internet activity, monitoring your social media. What are you what accounts are you following? What comments are you placing? What are you liking? What videos are you liking? Millions of data points can all be analyzed and AI can determine your psychological profile. And now they want to include biometric data. So they want to look at different biosignals. Ha- what levels of testosterone do you have? Oh, your high T? Okay, this makes you more inclined to violence. This makes you more inclined to be an uh, aggressive person. What is your psychological profile? Why what what are these physiological markers? So all of that data is being tracked and analyzed. This is in, the, in China. They want to roll this out for the entire globe. And these are the kinds of things that they're talking about in the World Economic Forum. And I mean, people in Australia really need to think about this closely because the government has shown recently in the past two years that they can implement very strict controls on your movement, strict controls on where you can go, what you can do. They could mandate certain types of uh, medical treatments on you, on the entire population, So how different really is this than what you see in China and what they're doing with the Uyghurs? If you think that that's something that's limited to that country and it's not going to be implemented elsewhere, I have some bad news for you. So this is the nature of technology and people are driven primarily by this pursuit of pleasure. They want to be comfortable. They want to not have to worry about any kind of difficulty or hardship. So subhanAllah, this I think is one of the things that is really going to distinguish Muslims of the future or Muslims who are going to be successful in the future and resisting this in, this uh, satanic or you can say Dajjalic system versus those Muslims who just fall into it. Which Muslims actually want to be uncomfortable? Which Muslims actually want can tolerate some discomfort and getting unplugging from the system. And this is a big you know, issue for everyone, including me. Can I really get, break away from these comforts that I enjoy in life? That's a question I have to ask myself. But uh, it's something that requires training, it requires getting yourself acclimated to difficulty, and also raising our children to the uh, Sheikh, Sheikh Abu Ayman in his khutbah last Friday, saying we have to tell give our children vitamin no. You know, this is the vitamin that our children really need. Vitamin no. Just tell your child, No, you want this? Too bad. You know, you want me to drop you off at the park? Well, you walk. Why not? You want the latest toy? No. Sorry, you can't have the latest toy. You have to do without. You want the latest technology? No. You can't have it. You have to, you know, play with your friends outside. So little things like this, we can start implementing it so that we lose this addiction to pleasure and comfort that we have become addicted to by the modern world. So I think that's... That's good enough scaring scaremongering for today and we can go to Q&A inshallah